It's bigger than hip hop. Good morning, good evening, welcome to the No Mongo Podcast, a weekly show about all things skateboarding, and my name is Rick Beta. You know, as I've been trying to do this every week, I've been trying to do episodes on Wednesdays, but this is a, I'm recording on Thursday, so it's going to be a Thursday episode, only because I'm blaming Mr. Mark Suchu, because he dropped a part, and I had to pivot, so you know, I just had to watch it, you know, more than one time, I had to jot down some notes, so... I just had to kind of let it, I got I had to take it all in. So I, I'm like, you know what? I'll enjoy that video after I got off work yesterday and I was home. And I'll record on Thursday morning, you know. So And happy Veterans Day to all the veterans out there. Thank you for your service, you know, the present, past. You know, thank you, thank you, thank you for all you've done. So happy Veterans Day to all the vets out there. But more on Mark Suchu in a, in a bit. But you can follow along on social media, at Rick Beta. That's R-I-C-K-B-A-T-A. Or you can also email the show, nomongopodcast at gmail.com. So starting off this week is a, a piece from Vice. They On their YouTube page, they did a, a piece about Ben Raver's death and, you know, the mental health movement that kind of gained, you know, has gained momentum the, the past, you know, few years since then. And it's a nice, it was a 17 minute and 40 second documentary called Skating and Talking. This is a nice look into Ben's life. And we also got to hear from many, many of his like friends and his family. You know, Louis Barletta got things started off and had he had some very like open and honest things about like being a professional skateboarder and just the pressure that comes with it. Either either if it's intentional or just you know uh, kind of subconsciously like you're, you're this pr- pressure that you know pros can put on. I, I can't relate. I was never pro, but what he said made complete sense. Well, yeah, I mean totally. I I can totally understand what you're saying. And I'm sure many of you out there, you know, who are pros or just skaters who have been, you know, pros and professional in the past can relate. So it's very interesting stuff that he said. And then we got to hear from, you know, young Ben. Uh, I think it was, yeah, about 2006 is when he said this. So and, and it was after he was asked how it's going. And he said, it's going fine. It's a lovely day. The birds are singing. The sun is shining. What more could you ask for? Right. We've all heard that before. And. And that's still powerful. Just and it was difficult to listen to more than a few times as well because I, I think I watched this documentary like maybe three times, four times, just kind of taking it all in and taking notes. But yeah, it's, it's a lovely day. The birds are singing. The sun is shining. What more could you ask for? You know. And back in 2006, he was saying that with, you know with a smile. You know, it's genuine. Like he had, he had no idea what he was going through at that moment. You couldn't tell, right? You couldn't see it. And although I loved everything Louie had to say in this documentary, like it was his sister that really stood out for me. I mean, she obviously took it very hard, right? I mean, it's her, her brother that took his own life. And it'd be difficult for like pretty much anyone to get on camera and talk about, you know, your brother or just Ben's demons, right? It's, it's, it's just ripping the Band-Aid off again, you know, that wound. She even felt that she failed him at one point and and you know, after he took his own life and eventually was having her own thoughts of suicide as well but thankfully you know her cousin decided to book her a doctor's appointment for her and you know what she said ended up being an appointment that basically saved her life so she was spiraling too and, and just in a really dark place and her cousin came in and saved her life kind of turned her this way grabbed her shoulder said no you need to go to this doctor's appointment you need to talk to someone 
Which brings us to, you know, Ben Raymer's foundation. You know, the one we all know about it, we've heard about it. But mainly I want to talk about like an awesome new it's suicide awareness training that they have available now. And this provides us the right info or questions to ask. You know, should we ever be in a situation with a friend, you know, or a family member It's just or even a stranger for that matter? You know, if someone's in a dark place and, and they're suicidal, you gotta have the right info and the right questions to ask that might help. You know, save the situation, save a life. And it's very cool that they offer this. So here's what they have listed on Ben Ramers, the BenRamersFoundation.com website. The foundation has worked with grassroots suicide prevention and living works to deliver both suicide awareness and suicide prevention training to people all through the skateboard industry. Training has been organized for team managers, skateboarders, skate shop staff, filmers, photographers, and company staff members. These courses are available and this work will continue. If you're a skate-based group and are interested in the training offer, then please get in contact with us. So that was on their website. You know, How awesome is that? Suicide awareness training for skateboarders of all walks of life. You know, whether you're pro, flow, am, all the TMs, you know, skate shop employees, filmers, photographers, are you kidding me? Did they miss anyone? Oh, Mongo Pushers, of course. I'm sure you're included there, even Mongo Pushers. But in all seriousness, though, this is an amazing like tool that is available to us, and I just had to share it. So watch the documentary. Like I said, it's only 17 minutes, 40 seconds about Ben Ramers. You know, his sister was awesome. You know, and, and just, as I said, tell a friend or family member about the classes that are available. Call your friends and tell them you love them. Hug your friends. These are all things they talked about in this. You know, check in on your family members and friends that you haven't checked in with in a while. We are all in this together, right? So much love to Ben's sister, Lucy. You are a very, very strong woman and amazing, amazing, most importantly, sister. Yes. So you did a great job. You did the best you could do, you know, and now you're helping others get educated through your experiences, which is amazing. And as she said in the documentary, Remember that you are so loved and that suicide thoughts are temporary and they do come back, but always reach out as you are loved. Very well said, uh, Lucy Ramers. You're doing amazing work. It's always tough to transition from something more upbeat after stories like that, you know, it's tough, you know. But I wanted to keep it on, uh, I guess, speaking of Bar- Louis Barletta. Enjoy has a new Bag of Suck documentary that I clicked to refresh on my phone right before I clicked you know, record that will be dropping at any moment. It's going to be dropped today, 11-11. You know I'll be watching it, and you know I'll be chiming in. And I hope it's longer than the Mike V9 Club episode. I, I, can we get that, universe? Can we have like a six-hour Bag of Suck documentary? Because it would be insane. And probably entertaining as hell. You know, and one hour for each of the riders that had their had a full part, right? Yeah, maybe that might be a little excessive. But I'll take longer than shorter, okay? So with that being said, I decided to revisit Bag of Suck. You know, kind of refresh my memory of the greatness that it was. And still is. I've always gone back to Louis' part over the years, you know. But it was nice to watch it in all its 46-minute glory over the weekend. And spoiler alert, it's still amazing. They got things started off with Caswell Berry, you know, and a bunch of whipped cream, which I totally forgot about, you know, and I, uh, that, that image. 
and now I need to probably don't need to see that again for another what 11 and a half years or so so just saying so future note to self remember that whipped cream scene moving on though one thing I noticed this time around though is that I'm actually cool with Caswell's track selection he chose Dead Prez's hip-hop and at the time I just wasn't feeling it you know it felt kind of out of place maybe I was grumpy back in 2006 you know didn't get enough sleep that night I mean, who knows, but it just didn't seem like a good fit for me or even a good fit for the video. If you think about it, you kind of zoom out for a minute. But this time around, it does. I was like singing, it's bigger than hip hop. That an awesome bass line. I mean, my neck kind of hurt a little bit afterwards. You guys might be hearing from my lawyer. But I did have to make a quick side note, though. That that song only works because, and this is going to sound strange, but it's true. It only works because Caswell is a goofy-footed rider. You know? Like a regular-footed rider, it wouldn't be a good match for this jam. You know? So don't even think about using it if you're a regular-footed rider. You know I mean? It's, you know, looked down upon any anyway if you reuse a song. But I don't make the rules. I'm just saying. It only works because he was a goofy-footed rider and it was a great song. But yeah, back in the day, wasn't feeling it. This time around, you know, what, over a decade later, I was like, yeah digging it it works and although caswell's part still stands up to this day in 2021 i bet you can guess which trick you know i was like stoked to see again yep is that sweet ass late shove it five minutes 34 seconds you are a hundred percent correct and you're also an og listener because you know i've mentioned that before that late shove are like one of my favorite tricks ever you know that's all i wrote down for t- tricks for caswell it's like late shove Five, three, five. That's it. Well, actually, and it's Ender, too. It's, well, controversy, though. I don't know if this was talked about back in 2006, but is that technically an Ender if he didn't ride away? Or as he said, did he get robbed? Did he get robbed? I think he got robbed. That was not a make. Maybe they'll talk about it more in the, in the documentary. That's what I'm looking forward to. Jason Adams was next up to the plate, and... Before I start talking about skating, I need to point out something real quick. Six minutes, 53 seconds. Give you a second to get there. Right there. You haven't lived until you push one of those lawnmowers. Talking about the old school, like, push technology. And I bet only a handful of you listening have tried one. And if you've had, like, even a medium-sized lawn, you you know these are a pain in the ass. So that'll be your homework assignment. Go find one and a lawn. I guess if you if you live outside of California, you probably have a lawn because we're in a constant drought. And let me know your experience. It will change your life. I mean, nothing beats the struggle of pushing that thing forward. Like, I can feel Like, it's been so long. I was a kid last time I used those. But I can feel the resistance, especially in, like, tall, like, wet grass. Go try it, though. Go try it. Find one out of, I don't know, where you'd find it. Like, junkyard. I mean... Who knows where you can find them these days? I don't think you can buy them in stores. But go try it and let me know, one, what the hell you did with the grass, right? Because it, it only just cuts the grass and leaves it in, on, on the grass. So you have just a pile of cut grass on your lawn, but it's not as tall. Because I can't remember that either. So let, let me know. I mean, do you rake it? I think that's what I used to Yeah, I used to. Yeah, and then you rake it in a pile, and then you put it in the bin or put it on the street. But hey, you know, as people would say, at least you don't have to fill it up with gasoline. I, mean, I got an electric one now. I got a, it's via battery, so I just charge it, which is night and day from gas. I don't have to fill the damn thing up. But, but anyways, that was hilarious to see. I know I got a little sidetracked, but 
Those manual mowers suck. That's my take. Oh, quick. Also, too, quick side note on that mower. Be sure to watch all the way to, until the end, right? So about right till the end of the um, credit, after the credits, because 99% of the people who use that type of lawnmower end up doing that very thing. And you'll know what I'm talking about when you watch it again. So for Jason, I wrote down 7 minutes, 12 seconds. And basically because I loved seeing his line that started there. And I dare you to push as fast as he did and try and do that exact same line. And how about that front board? 7 minutes, 30 seconds going that fast? I was like, I mean, come on, Jason. Save some skills for the rest of us, dude. The hell? And I always forget that he had an awesome flat ground, you know, back three. He had one of those as well. Very, very nice. Very nice. But I want to note, too, keep fighting the fight, Jason. I know he's been, if you follow any of the social media platforms, he's been, you know, back in rehab, struggling. You know, he's been struggling with alcohol. So you've got this, Jason. You've got this, man. But yeah, like I said, he had a, still had an amazing back three. Flat ground, but flat ground back three. Great part. Fast skating. One thing I did notice this time around is how many tricks were done at the Wave in Sunnyvale. You guys know it's like a classic spot in, here in the Bay Area. And that, well, actually, one that I don't even know, does it still exist? But either way, I need to revisit it soon. It's very old school. But, you know, Caswell and Jason both hit it up. I wrote down the times, 822, 828, and 858. They were at that spot for a long time. The Wave, Sunnyvale. Classic. Brings back some memories of that place. And also at 910. Was that, maybe they'll be covered in the documentary, but was that the other side of the now, you know, deceased L.A. car wash spot? I didn't do too much research, but I had to mention, I was like, is that, wait, is that the other side? Or maybe I'm just tripping. I don't know. Jose Rojo was next up, but we got to see a no words needed look from Jerry Sue at 14 minutes, two seconds. Jerry, I know exactly what you were thinking. And I felt the same way, like the exact same words. And I wonder if you're going to talk about this in the documentary, too. Because you look, he's like, yep, you just poked your head in, kind of backed away. Great moment. Great, great moment. The look said it all. Dude, I was on the same page. We're on the same wavelength. But for Jose, I wrote down two things. One, I need you to provide me an example of a more casual, fakie front flip than the one he did at 1441. I mean, I'll wait. You know, take your time. I, I won't hold my breath, though, because that would mean death, but I will wait. It was so damn casual. I love, I love the way he just twisted. Yeah, you, you know which one I'm talking about. And then two, another simple, well, people would say another simple one. His front 180 at 1542. I mean, it's just a simple setup trick, but it was done so effortlessly. And yes, I'm talking about a front 180. You can't do them like that. Jose can, though. He does return the favor, though, and, and does a switch 180, uh, what, 15.55. So not about 30, eh, not too long, about 10, 15 seconds later, just to compete the, the front sandwich. You know, front 180, switch front 180. His whole part was amazing, though. But how about that, that ender, though? It was so good that he forgot for a brief moment to push regular. You know they just had to call him out on that manga push, too. <laughs> oh, it was classic. They aren't going to let that slide. Hell no, Jose. Nope. They probably spent, like, what, minutes or hours waiting for, you know, you to land that trick. And they're not going to let that slide. Which means, you know, if you think about it, he had a legit crew back in the day. He had his, they had his back. Like, you're not going to, no. 
we're going to call you out on that manga push. So he was in good hands. He was always in good hands. Tricks into the water. Yeah, I wrote this one down 18 minutes, 22 seconds. Yes, you know me. I'm all about it. I forgot about that one, but I'm all about those. And was that a Brandon Beeble impersonation from MJ at 2216? I mean, if not, because that was spot on. Oh, also another note I wrote for MJ. He took the don't ever stop hopping fences a bit too far, though quite like almost too extreme. He didn't even touch that one at 2227. I was like, what the hell? How is that even possible? The phrase is don't ever stop hopping fences and not don't ever stop hopping over fences. That was ridiculous. I totally forgot about them. Like, <laughs> just that right there, having that pop. Come on, dude. And Clark Hassler, that near collision, that the, the girl took the shot to the face with his board. I mean, it was bad timing, and he did kind of kick it out, right? But I guess with momentum, it, it makes sense instead of kicking it down or out to the I mean to the side. So yeah, I was just like, damn, I wonder what happened with that. You know, can't wait to hear about that if they talk, you know, bring that up. But his tray flip to liftoff at 26 minutes in was an NBD that will never be D again. Like, never. And haters will say that's fake. Probably the same ones who think, like, the Earth's flat. That was legit. That was legit. And I think that was the last we saw of Clark, too, if you think about it. I mean, he just flew away. He gone. What else did I write down? Oh, I can't wait to hear more about the mascots. There was about 2642 in... All those mascots trying things. What was the 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 double O guy? Double zero zero. Was he like a horse? Was it a white horse? <laughs> I can't. It's just funny seeing them try tricks and the board just go fly in the air. They fall. I mean, and does it hurt? Actually, does it still hurt when they fall with those like big ass tails? I mean, I'm sure it does, right? But I hope they chime in about that in the documentary. And next up, they had the man himself. You know who I'm talking about? Hey, girls. Hey, Louie. And I said it before, and I'll say it again now, and I'll say it again in five years from now. That was a perfect song for a Louis Barletta part. Probably a perfect song for a skate part. You know, it always gets me pumped up. It's it's fun. It's a great match. And it's all I think about whenever I hear a Rod Stewart song now. Yeah. Even when I hear Forever Young, I think of Louis Barletta. Whatever, any song. I'm like, Rod Stewart, Louis. It's forever ingrained in my brain. And that's not. I'm not complaining. That's a good thing. And I love every single trick he does still do every single trick and you say every single one rick every single one even the blunt style at the wave 2910 <laughs> he hit it up yeah you know louis part slayed and it's timeless timeless i'll be watching it when i'm 90 and the thing about his skating if you're still a hater and i'm trying to convince you now to not be a hater is that his trick, like his trick selections, they just make you smile. Or, oh, maybe you could argue throw stuff because you don't like it. But that's what I'm talking about, though. It's like his, his whole vibe. Louis always has a great time on his board, and it's a beautiful thing to watch. Very unique. I was like legit getting emotional watching this again. I still don't think the dude's like his lifetime portfolio, it's, it's so underrated. Dork tricks or not, so underrated. Like I, I cracked up when I was. You, know, you see him skating down those leaves about thirty minutes in. You know, most of us trying that, 
would would probably slip out so badly, like you'd bounce your head off the like you you would like scorpion in the air that hit your head on the ground. Not Louis though. I mean he did take a fall. But only he can skate through leaves like that and live to tell about it, you know, without any wounds or broken limbs. Just parts like that. It's funny, and they stand out. And that front side 360 bonus down the double set, come on. You know which one I'm talking about. You've seen it before. If not, 3116. I dare you to try that like next weekend in 2021. It definitely stands the test of time. And it's crazy. And then we have Mr. Jerry Sue. The man that is more than worthy of a two-song part. He, you know, three song. What how much how much you need, Jerry? How much footage do you have stacked? Do you need four songs? I always wish I had his switch game. You know, he just made it look so cool, you know? Not awkward. Natural for him. For example, the switch tray, 3457. It was a switch tray to switch Ollie over that, I guess it was the rail to bank. That spot that they hit up a lot in that video. A lot of the Enjoy crew like destroyed that part. But what I love most about or that spot, but what I love most about that two-trick line is the way the board spins for that switch tray. And also how he kind of tweaks he in that switch all how he tweaks his right foot just a just enough to to make that land perfectly spot on that bank. Just push that right foot. So damn good. But he killed that spot. And he also showed off like his quick feet, you know, kind of like, you know, how we Mentioned suits you all the time too. 35 39. It was that tail slide to Ollie out over the bricks. It was that right near San Jose State, that spot. Very cool. My brain and feet wouldn't be able to pair up for that spot. Hell no. But Jerry shut it down for that video. Well deserved last, you know, final part as well. And many consider this to be a masterpiece. Where does it rank in your. It's got to be top 20. Where does it rank in your top 20? I mean, Clearly, it's something worthy of having its own documentary about. You know, that says something right there. I mean, it was packed full of six parts, two montages. The Friends montage was epic. Hell, it even had handmade titles. Yeah, for the skaters' names. See, editors? If you don't have time to add in credits for the skaters, which should be included in every video, no matter what. I've complained about this before. Just have them fill their names on their own. Even on like a little piece of paper. You know, and they hold it up. A genius. I know. <laughs> Tell me about it. It's an insane idea. Or you can get creative like the Enjoy team did. I mean, you can thank me later. Don't don't get me wrong. Just put, put like an EP credit on in your video or something. I'm just looking out for you, giving you some ideas or reminding you how simple it is to put the names of the skaters in the videos. You know, just get creative with it. Skaters making their own handmade titles. Like, mind-blown emoji. <laughs> Was it ahead of its time, or were they... I couldn't remember. I'm sure it had been done before that, but I'm just saying. At least they did it. With that being said, I can't wait to watch this documentary. And yes, as I mentioned earlier, I will be talking about it. So in, revisit Bag of Suck as well. I'll put the link to... Uh, I'll put the link below. Let me know your thoughts. And I'm probably going to watch uh, Louis part later on again today. You know, just because I have that song stuck in my head. and Yeah, because it's awesome. Young Hearts, Be Free Tonight. Time is on your side. Don't let them put you down. Don't let them push you around. Don't ever let them change your point of view. Okay? Bag of Suck documentary. Let's do this. And finally, 
The video that had me adding more notes to my notes, Mark Suchu's Curve Habitat Part. You know, I saw the video. It dropped when I was at work. I watched it at lunch. I'm like, oh, I have to talk about this. But I wanted to watch a couple more times after I got home from work and after the kids went down to sleep. You know, I just wanted to take it all in. So here are some notes I took along the way. For one, that opening image kind of threw me off for a bit. It was kind of, it was cool how to see them. I mean, they were moved. They had the camera just pointed up. The buildings kind of rolling, coming down each each of the side. It was very cinematic, very cool. But right from the start, though, I'm asking you to pause it 21 seconds in. This is key. Go back and watch it again. It's not a really long video. You have to pause it there to truly appreciate the next five ollies that come afterwards. Yes, five. You heard that right. I was like, hell yeah, Mark. That's what. That's what's up, dude. But five ollies aside, it was the first one that really counts, okay? So pause it at 21 seconds. Look at that spot. Who in their right mind sees that and says, you know, I've got something I want to do there. You see that narrow path? Like that's next to the rail that, yeah, it's, I don't know, maybe 12 inches wide. Yeah, that one right there. Yeah, no, no, yeah, that one right there. I'm going to do an ollie onto that. So uh, make sure you get cameras rolling. So get your camera ready, okay? And then I'm going to roll across the street, bust out a couple of ollies, and then tray flip a street. Yeah. Can you, you follow? You dig? We good? All right, let's do this. But yeah, five ollies. It's well worth the wait, though, with that, that tray flip. And how about that? It was a front 50-50 to back 50-50 at 117. And it's always awkward to go from pipe to cement, right? And he chose to, you know, go downhill, of course. <laughs> I mean, again, who sees spots right there and go, oh, I'm going to do that. Yeah, I'm going to do, get your camera, here, here's what I'm going to do here. And that nolly, it was a nolly back 180 at a minute 44. I just put beautiful. Like, it was literally one of the most beautiful ones I've seen in a while. I think everything kind of worked out, the lighting, the angle, the, the pan, the, the, how he followed and how he landed, it's just, it, it was beautiful. And I need to actually watch it on my TV because I was watching it on my laptop. I need to watch that on a bigger screen. Very, very cool. This didn't even register in my brain until like the second or third viewing, but I didn't even realize how insane that front blunt is at two minutes, 14 seconds in. <laughs> I was like, straight up beast mode. How do you, okay. I'm trying to think it now. So you ollie up and over to front blunt. Most people would get their wheels on, right? But to get that tail to kind of to hit that hubba. <laughs> how? How? How, Mark? I need answers. But yeah, like I said, I did, that one just kind of went over my head the first upon first viewing. And then I was like, wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. This was a great video and exactly what I needed today. And I don't know if I've ever felt this way before, but before I comment on his ender, has anyone checked in with Gary Rogers yet? Let's get this. I'm being serious right now. Because I know it's going to be another, what, four days before we hear his thoughts about this part. So, yeah, it'll be a full six days since we last heard from him. And this part dropped? I just want to make sure he's okay. I know someone listening is at least, what, six degrees of Kevin Bacon to Gary. Make sure he's all good, okay? And report back. We are a team. As it was mentioned earlier for the Ben Ramers uh, documentary, you know, it takes a village. We're, we're, you know, 
Reach out to Gary Rogers. Make sure he's okay. Send him a text. Give him a hug. Thank you. Which brings me to his ender. That ender. Damn, bro. See, Mark's got me busting out bros. Bro. But what I did is I paused it around 2 minutes, 27 seconds in, just to kind of look at the distance. I think that's been skated before, right? I can't remember. I think it was just what's been done before, just a 50-50 on it. But Mark kind of decided to add in his twist, right? So look at the distance he had to travel for one. Look how, like, the there's no room for error. Like, you could get impaled. You can break a, a you know, a puncture a lung, break a rib. But he had to go up the rail, and then he went to front board. Notice how he rolls out as well. Most humans, in just the, the, the momentum, will kind of push you to fakie, right? But not Mark, though. He can twist and turn, kind of get his way in and out, even though it's a brief, like, it's not a long, you know, board slide. It's insane, dude. Insane. Which got me thinking, you know, I just talked about this. The Sodi race or, or leisurely walk in the neighborhood is kind of heating up. Does this feel like a Suchu Sodi push? Hell yeah, it does. It is so obvious, right? He knows the game. And I think uh, in his in his interviews on like the Nine Club, you know, it's not a big deal to him, I think. I think actually, I think I remember him. Clearly, it's obvious at this point that He's serious about it. And he's always, I'm sure he's always been serious about it. You can tell he's making a run. Will we see another part in the next few weeks? Who knows? Is he a Sodi frontrunner? He just might be. He's definitely making things very interesting. And it's what? November 11th as I record this. November 11th at 9 in the morning, to be exact. So all I got to say is, be sure to stock up on popcorn because it's about to get wild-ish. Thanks for tuning in.